Uh, I just want to talk a little bit this morning. I started off, ended up in two directions here, so we'll just see how this goes. But I want to talk about God's grace and how amazing it is and how inspiring it is in the Word of God. Uh, it's something that uh, you can't buy, you can't earn it, you can only receive it. And there's very few things that you can you can find that uh, you just get for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the nothing part of it is, is just that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And uh, from then on, it's in His hands. He will forgive you. He'll forgive you for all of our mistakes and whatever sin that we, we have. You know, in the Old Testament, under the law, there had to be a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice for sin. But when Jesus died on the cross, uh, that law was taken away. And so now we can be forgiven through God's grace. And His grace is sufficient for, for everything. Uh, Malachi 7.19 says he will again have compassion on us he will tread our sins under your foot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea and uh, also says in Romans the law was brought in so that trespass might increase but where it's sin increased grace increased all the more God's grace is you know, it's it's so abundant, it's hard to understand that uh, that God will forgive you regardless of what you do. And as uh, in my walk with Christ, uh, as I was growing up, I thought, well, I could never be good enough. The truth of the matter is, you can't ever be good enough. The only way that you can... Uh, have the promise of eternal life is to accept God's grace for what it is and and just accept it. Jeremiah says, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So, you know, stop worrying about your past failures and whatever's happened in your life. Just walk away from it. God wants us to discover His grace and we're really not living until we do discover His grace. There's um, also just a place here that uh, <laughs> there's also always naysayers, you know, that are going to say, well, you can't receive that or you can't do that or so on and so forth. I'm just going to throw a little story in here. There's a minor league ball player that was playing baseball. And uh, his first game out, he was playing center field, knocked a ball to him, and he missed it. So the manager says, uh, you know, come to the dugout. Put him in the dugout and said, I'll show you how to play third base. I mean, center field. said, all right. So the first ball he hit out there, well, he, uh, you know, kind of got the sun in his eyes and fooled around there and couldn't find it. And so the guy made a home run. Second ball hit out there. Well, 
he started for it, and man, the right field started, and they ran together out there, and he knocked the right fielder out, and he happened to be the best hitter on the team. So the third uh, third ball he hit out there, he just missed it completely. Hit him in the head, knocked him out. <laughs> so he put him on a stretcher. They were hauling him out, and he went by the dugout. And the boy that he replaced walked out there, and he woke up and looked at him. He said, son, you got center field so messed up that can't anybody play it. <laughs> so... so we have people in our lives that, that do that and say that. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> there's always going to be someone telling you that you're messed up. I'm going to depart from where I was. I was, I was talking about grace, but something has been on my mind since uh, Landon talked about Job. And so I want to back up here just a little bit, uh, talking about the naysayers. Uh, I guess I'll start with Job's buddies. Of course, his wife even, you know, said, uh, you know, why don't you curse the Lord and just die? And he had two friends that came and sat with him for days, and all they did was criticize him, you know, told him where he was messing up and so forth. Well, at the end of this thing, after... Satan had tested Job. It, uh, it says in the scripture that uh, Job, uh, the Lord said that uh, he needed to go pray for his friends, for the ones that had sat with him and told him how bad he was and what all he'd done, and offer a sacrifice. So Job did. And so I'm going to read just a little bit of Job here at the end. It says, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him a prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought upon him. And each gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. I'm going to stop right there just for a minute. And you know that the times that we've all had tough times. I'm talking about hard times. And I've said this, uh, said it in my Sunday school class a time or two, that, uh, you know, uh, when my first wife died, uh, you know, uh, had that occasion, and then Tana uh, got sick and had to have uh, her in the hospital. And during all that, I was going back and forth to Dallas and, staying and coming home had a dad called old dog and he got cancer in one eye so I took him to the vet you know and had his eye fixed and put him in a pen and he knocked the other one out so I had to feed him till he finally crawled up on the back porch and died to make a long story short when I got the old dog and I was burying him out under a tree out there and I said Lord you know you said you wouldn't put more on me that I can stand, but I said, it's time for a change. <laughs> now, I'm, you know, Lord help me out a little bit. Well, I think that Job felt that way and when, uh, when he came to this point. And I thought to myself, uh, <laughs> you know, we all go through those times. We all have family problems where we lose loved ones and we find, we get ourselves right down in a 
hardest times that we can get to. But uh, God always shows up, and he always does what, what needs to be done. And so after this, this is in verse 12. Says the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. He had fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, a yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, so forth. And his daughters were the prettiest girls in the whole uh, part of that world over there. My thought is. It's when we get to those places where it's really hard and it's really tough like that. And we think we can change God's mind. We don't ever change what, what God's doing. And the change has to be made. And the part I'm trying to relay here is to get to where we can accept, like Joe, accept what happened to him. Can you imagine losing everything you have within few days. I'm talking about everything. Your sons, daughters, livelihood, cattle, everything that he had, he lost it. And God replaced it. Well, the first thing I had to deal with in my life was, is how do you accept the replacement? How does God replace what you've lost? And you think about that. What, how can I accept something now? that, you know, the best thing I've, things I've had have been taken away. And God changes your heart. And when Lennon was talking about Job the other day, all the change comes from within us. It doesn't come. God doesn't change. He's got a plan. He's, and whatever we have to go through, sometimes he tries to get our attention, and he does a pretty good job of getting it, let me tell you. There's not... Not a problem there. <laughs> so, uh, you just have to hang tight and go. Well, just like Job, God replaced everything. But still, I guess I want you to think about how do you accept God's correction in your life, God's direction in your life. Sometimes when you don't really want to go that route, you really don't want to. Well, he changes you. He changes you inside, internally, where you can, where you can accept those things. I hope I'm making a little sense here. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I kind of got off of where I was going with this thing, but anyway, in Job's time, to make this long story short again, in Job's time, he didn't. Uh, grace wasn't available. God just forgave him. In Job's time, everything was a blood sacrifice for a sin. So it had to be made that way. When Christ died, the thief on the cross said, you know, forgive me. And he said, tonight you'll be with me in paradise. That's how, that's how much difference there is in Old Testament, New Testament time. It used to be a long process. And also for sinning, uh, you know, uh, the penalty was either death or being, uh, being stoned. You died either way, but I mean, they, they just killed you outright or stoned you to death, whichever way, or you made a sacrifice for it. So 
in today's time, since Jesus came, we have amazing grace. And I went from grace to recognizing that God will change you and fix you and work on your heart. And I'm trying to get back to grace here now. This part wasn't part of what I was supposed to be uh, dealing with this morning. I got completely off of, uh, what do they call it? I'm, I'm freestyling, I guess. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'm doing like Trump. I'm off script here. So... <laughs> But anyway, he, uh, there's a, well, I'll, I'll do that. There's uh, one other little thing that was funny that was uh, talking about being off script. He said there was a, a father that wanted to know what his boy was going to be when he grew up. And he said, well, the only thing I can think of all this is to plan a few things. So he said, uh, I'll take a Bible and put it in his room. And uh, if he takes that Bible, he'll grow up and be a preacher. Excuse me, I'll also put some money in there and uh, see what he does about that. If he picks it up, he'll be a banker. And he said, uh, I'll put a bottle of whiskey in there. And if he picks it up, I'll know he'll be a drunkard. And he said, I'll put a Playboy magazine in there. He, if he gets it, he said he'll be a womanizer. Father hid in the closet. The boy came in. He just gathered up everything and took off. Father stepped out of the closet. He said, oh, my goodness. He said, he's going to be a politician. So, <laughs> uh, a lot of truth in that story, by the way. Anyway, I'll make it long to finish this up and uh, so you can have lunch. God's grace is sufficient. It's sufficient for all things, and it... Uh, uh, when we sin, all we have to do is ask for it. We don't have to go through what Job did. But in the process of uh, accepting God's grace, look for the change because He's going to change your heart. So, let Him work on your heart. That's all I have this morning. If there's anybody here that wants to make a decision to accept Christ, we or uh, rededicate your life, join the church, whatever you might want to do. We'd ask you to come forward this time. Myself or one of the elders will meet you down front. Let me see.